You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The tremendous football Thursday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. We had three great guests joining us last hour on the show. It's just uh, yours truly and Ken Barkley here for the remaining two hours of the program. And over the course of those next two hours, we will get to Bill Belichick out in New England, Nick Saban out at Alabama, Pete Carroll out in Seattle, Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee, and all the the betting impacts of those moves. Like, who's the next head coach of all these teams going to be? We will talk about all of that as we move along. We'll give you all our bets for tonight as well in the NBA, the NHL. We'll find out if our guy Tyler Morales has any college basketball plays, so we look forward to that. But this hour is going to be all about Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Ken and I were off the last couple days. That's because we'll be working both Saturday and Sunday morning. Countdown to kickoff shows to get you set to bet and win. Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It'll replay over the course of the day on a bunch of Odyssey stations. Jason Lockhead Fora will join us. We look forward to that. So 8 to 10 a.m. on Sunday. And then Sunday morning, we are on at a different time than usual. This will be 10 a.m. to noon this Sunday, and then we will return to our 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. time slot for Divisional Sunday and Championship Sunday in the National Football League and Super Bowl Sunday as well, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. But uh, we haven't been on since Monday, so there's a lot to talk about. We've had movements and sides and totals. We've got updated injury information. We've got updated weather reports. So much good stuff here. Let's get to all of it right now with this edition, Jake, of It Moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. It moved. It hits different on the Thursday before Super Wild Card Weekend. In the NFL, can we begin our Super Wild Card Weekend betting sojourn as I look to set the North American record for most time saying Super Wild Card Weekend in a four-hour time frame? Wait till tomorrow's show. Uh, in Houston, 
with the Browns and the Texans. Uh, so when we left off on Monday, Cleveland was about a three-point favorite, right, in this game, in between two and a half and three, a juiced two and a half. The total was about 44. Um, I will just give quick injury updates here, and then we can get to the movement and kind of like what we think about the game. So Rob Pozzola mentioned it in the last segment, and I guess like it's kind of up in the air. Uh, Denzel Ward limited in practice today for the Browns, their number one cornerback, with a new knee injury. Worth noting, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media tweeted that sources told him that Ward is okay, which I take to mean that Ward's going to play in the game on Saturday, but we'll obviously have to wait and see. Uh, looks murky for Noah Brown for the Houston Texans. We kind of like await their, their final injury report heading into Saturday. Will Anderson did not practice either of the first two days for the Houston Texans this week. Remember, it's a Saturday game, so the time frame is a little different for, uh, for practice schedules for the teams playing on Saturday. So we'll bring you information if and when we get it. Can and where do we stand right now? And any updated thoughts for you since Monday? Uh, lay it all out for us, please, for the Browns and the Texans in the AFC South Memorial time slot, 4.30 on Saturday. Right. Uh, I, this game might end up being a lot better than, than maybe some of the games we got in that time slot historically. We didn't always have bad ones, but, you know, you weren't like that excited to, tur to turn the game on. Pretty excited to watch this game. We'll see if it ends up being competitive or close. Uh, the movement in this game since the last time we talked, which was Monday, it's a little bit of interest in Houston, which... I find kind of interesting. Now, do you want to tie that directly? As, as I think Rob kind of like hinted at this in his answer in the last segment, just that like the Denzel Ward injury like kind of caused this. I, I can't say that with any kind of certainty. Um, typically, injury reports during the week are what drive line movement. And this would be an example of an, an injury report thing maybe causing some line movement. So Cleveland was two and a half, but it wasn't just that they were two and a half. They were two and a half and like seemed destined to go to three in the game. Like I really thought that we were going to end up at Cleveland minus three by the time we got to today in the game. And we're not there. Um, and, uh, you're writing some Houston stuff for practice too. Like the injury stuff can be kind of what guides the line movement here. And that's fine. Uh, the total 44 and a half got bet up earlier in the week, but I don't think it's changed since Monday. Uh, updated thoughts on the game. Uh, just the more I think about the game, the more I like Cleveland. And uh, we'll probably end up with some kind of bet on them in the game. They, it just feels, this will be, this isn't the only reason I like them. There's a lot of other things, but just subjectively, like very macro, I feel like Houston's completely not ready for this in like any way, shape or form. They're an incredibly young team with an incredibly unproven head coach who like wildly exceeded expectations this year. A lot of that might end up being the quarterback. Um, you know, Colts were able to have a ton of success running against them. Guy catches a fourth and one. The Colts probably are playing in this game. So I just that team like in a, a point spread where they have to win against and we'll get to this with the Browns we can do kind of team by team stuff here or like after we do the line movement for the six games over the course of this hour we should probably talk about Cleveland as I just think like a a confusing team for this game and for the rest of the playoffs but can be confusing in a good way like is all that also means they're a team with upside they're probably the only team in the tournament that I don't know what to do with every other team I think I know I at least have my own opinion about what I think they are. Do I want to bet them to do something? What is that? Uh, do I want to fade them? Do I think they can win the Super Bowl? Do I think they can go to the Super Bowl? Cleveland is the one team of the 14. I don't feel like I have good answers to those questions. We can get into some of the why in a little bit, but like them in this game, at least to advance to the next round. 
Um, and uh, Aaron Wilson, who's covered the Texans for a really long time, works for, I think, a local television station now in Houston, uh, tweeted a little while ago, Will Anderson and Noah Brown both at practice today for the Texans, kind of waiting like the official designation. But that puts both of those guys, obviously, on track to play in the game on Saturday. It looks like Robert Woods will be back for the Texans as well. Both Brown and Woods missed last Saturday night's playoff clinching victory in Indianapolis against the Colts for C.J. Stroud and the Texans. So maybe like that, in concordance with like the Denzel Ward news kind of like got yep. this got this down to two. And I guess we'll kind of see like where where kind of like the uh the point spread goes. Um we can have like a teaser conversation about this game in a second. Um I kind of went back and forth and I think like these are gonna be really fun, like fascinating convos that you and I have about each game because we haven't been on the air in two days. Like a lot of time to kind of like sit and stew and like think about this this stuff. And you know, I was kind of thinking about the game that these two teams played um about a month ago, right? And that the Texans were opens when we thought Stroud was going to play, and he eventually like missed the game with a concussion. Houston opened favorite in this game, and then like obviously like went the, out the other side. Obviously, once we knew that it was not going to be uh, C.J. Stroud playing, and it turned out to be Case Keenum, obviously playing for the uh, for the Houston Texans. So maybe it's like, oh, are we uh, are we like gone too far here on Cleveland being almost a three point favorite? So I thought about that for a little bit, and I just I keep arriving at like I love Stroud. Like, I love Stray's awesome. How could you not love C.J. Stroud? Like, he played really well in the game against Georgia, obviously, in the playoff game that Ohio State probably should have won that game. More on Ryan Day settling for, like, a 90-yard field goal. Also, like, Mike Vrabel's available, Columbus. Like, anyone paying attention? Just just saying for the Ohio State Buckeyes. But um, I, I keep landing back here as kind of, Ken, an offshoot of what you were saying with Cleveland, where, look, like, maybe Flacco just throws, like, four picks in this game. And implodes. And to be fair, since like he left Baltimore, like whether it was in Denver or whether with the Jets, like we we've we've seen that with Flacco, right? He's obviously been nuclear since he went to Cleveland on the on like this string. Maybe it's a game where he turns the ball over a couple times. I think it's more likely that a guy who's been just freaking nails in his career as a postseason quarterback, and I'll remind people, it's over a decade ago. The Browns, uh, the Ravens, excuse me, played the Patriots in back-to-back -back AFC title games in 11 and the 11 and 12 seasons. Lost in 11 because Lee Evans dropped the pass in the end zone and Billy Cundiff missed a field goal at the end. And then they blew them out in 12. Uh, Flacco outplayed Brady in both those games. Which is, does not mean that Flacco is like better than Brady. Obviously, he's not. Just that, like, I know it's over a decade ago, but the guy's been like a ridiculously good postseason performer. Ten and five career in the playoffs. Super Bowl forty-seven MVP. And here's C.J. Stroud making his first start. So I maybe Ken, that's like really like low-hanging fruit, lowest common denominator type of analysis. Um, also, like, I don't care, suckers, because I'm wacko for Flacco, baby. I love the Browns in this game. Uh, that two, I'll lay Cleveland with the two. I'll put them in some money line parlays also. Uh, so I think you and I are sharing a brain here, Ken. Both of us like the Browns to win coming up on Saturday against Houston. Yeah, uh, like the over a little bit too, especially if Stroud's going to get a lot more weapons back. And uh, the really interesting thing, like just to talk about Cleveland for a second. So the reason why I said like I can't, I have trouble figuring them out. So to go back to the first hour of the show, if you missed it, it's in podcast. Like the, the ability to predict Michigan was by far the most likely college football playoff winner. 
Uh, if we try to apply that methodology to the NFL, we can go through some of the teams later, maybe. Like, there are certain teams that seem to make a lot of sets, historical criteria, how they played this year, stuff about their quarterback statistically. Like, there's a lot of ways to kind of try to navigate this. And you'll, I think you can come up with, like, a, a pretty short list. You're not going to come up with Michigan, like, one team and that's it the whole year. It's what makes college football different and what made, what made that such a good bet. Like, you're going to come up with the Niners, and you're going to come up with the Cowboys, and you're going to come up with the Bills to a certain extent. Like, you're going to come up with some teams. Um, you can't narrow it down that much. The reason why Cleveland's really confusing is that the Browns team that's going to play at Houston has really only been in existence for like a month. And in that month, they played incredibly well. They've had a ton of injuries. It's it's the month of Flacco, essentially. Like, if you want to put the Rams game in, that's fine. That was basically his first start and, you know, played well for a certain amount of time and they got trucked in the fourth quarter. It's, it's so new and it hasn't been against like great, great teams either. Like it hasn't been against the best of the best in terms of who they played. And so it's really tough to kind of put your finger on like, what is this going to be in the playoffs when the quality of maybe not in this game, although to be fair, the quality of competition is going up in this game. Stroud on this team is better than the team that they played a month ago. And it's better than all the other teams. Basically they played in that stretch too. So, you know, it's better than the Jets and the Bears and some of the other opponents that they the Browns have played. I just don't know how this is going to go. The The floor for this is that the defense isn't very good on the road, and Flacco, as, as great as he has been, and as much as they've thrown the ball, generate explosive plays, also turns the ball over an ungodly amount since he's been the Browns quarterback. And if you do that in a playoff game, you're going to lose a lot of the time. So there's a way that the floor for this is really low. Like, it's actually to just lose this game, even though Stroud and Ryans and Slowick are all super young, and the Texans are this young team that, like, they'll be there eventually, but it's not right now. Like, they can lose the game, but the ceiling is almost, is just as interesting. By all, like, advanced metrics, the Browns are the number one defense in the league. And if you pair that with this four-month offense, or four-month, four-game offense of Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper, and we're chucking the ball down the field and we're scoring a lot of points, you pair that defense with this month of offense, and if you had that for the whole year, you generate a 17-game projection, whatever, uh, then they can win the Super Bowl. So it's like, all right. But how real is that? You only got you only got four games, and they weren't a very good four games against four teams. Like that that doesn't. I don't know if that tells you enough to like go bet the Browns to do stuff. But it at least means it's possible. And I, I mean, I can cross off two thirds of the field right now. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I can't say with certainty that I feel that way about the Browns. There's too much mystery involved in most notably like what their offense is going to be, and is it going to look like it did those last four games or not? Um, it's one of the, it's the reason why they're kind of like the only really confusing team for me. Are you, uh, I want to ask you a question. All right. It's an important question. You ready? Oh boy. Are you wacko for Flacco? No, but I knew that was what the question was going to be. That's, that's no, a, I don't, that's a I dis- honestly, I'm disappointed in your answer. I'm disappointed in that. No, I'm, uh, but I'm not, uh, I'm not loud for Stroud either. I'm like, okay. I'm, ind- I'm indifferent. You know, I'm just, I, Cleveland, Cleveland with Flacco as the quarterback, Cleveland's better and they're more likely to win this game. A game that will not have a ton of home field advantage versus some of the other games that we're seeing. Um, it just, 
it's just like a bad situation for Houston, honestly. Like, not as bad as going on the road to Buffalo or something, but they, I think they're more likely to lose this game than this number. Tyler writes in the chat, I've seen this also yeah. on Twitter. People, the Stroud's called the Stroud Boys. Stroud Boys. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Just like, ri- just very ridiculous. Funny. So, it's very, very as we look funny. forward to another election year, it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for it. That, that is very funny, though. Um, so, what, what about um, last piece on this game can be? Like, and we talked about this on Monday, and it was, well, if it goes to three, just bet Texans if you like Houston. Like, right now we're at two. Uh, how do we feel about Texans' teaser legs? If the offensive weapons come back, yeah, like, feel okay about them. Like, I think they're, I mean, look, they. The Lone by, Star by the, State Memorial teaser, Cowboys and Texans. Were you saying if Texans goes to three, bet Houston, because that's what you would do? Is that why you said that? No, or that's, just what, that you, was advice that's what you said. But you said that oh, on Monday, yeah. right? What, what your what your advice on Monday was like? Why tease the Texans now? Like you could, might be able to bet three. It doesn't look like right. that's going to happen now. The number two. Yeah. So now now your only option is to tease them. Uh, do I want to tease rookie quarterback first start in the playoffs? This would be the spot to do it. Home game, uh, getting your offensive weapons back to keep the game close. Uh, I got a team that turns it over a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's a pretty good teaser leg. I think. I don't know if it's my favorite one, but I can't really like knock it. I don't really have anything against it right now. I'll tell you what, the last like hour plus of the show has convinced me of one thing. Browns win this game, which I think they will. I'm betting them on the money line no matter where they play coming up in the divisional round. I'm wacko for Flacco. Absolutely okay. can't wait. Coming up next, all the updates, injury, weather, side, and total. Chiefs Dolphins, Saturday night at Arrowhead. Here's the thing about uh, the NFL playoffs is um as much as as much weight as all the things that happen during the season carry um there there's narratives galore that grow out of results um in the playoffs it doesn't matter it's a reset it's a um there's no uh winners and losers bracket you know you're playing football and the winner gets to continue to play and the loser does not Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Like, I know, like, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, like, isn't stoned at his news conferences, but also, we sure? <laughs> like, this guy, that song, guy sounds, that song like sounds like it was probably playing in his head during this press conference. Yeah. It sounds like, like, listen, he's brilliant, he's a great head coach. Also, he sounds like he's stoned all the time. God bless him. Uh, and his Dolphins uh, looking to try to not get destroyed on Saturday night in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. We'll get to that game coming up in a second. We will also get to the three games on Sunday as we move along here. Bills and the Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Lions, Rams, and Monday Night Football with the Eagles and the Buccaneers. But Jake, bring the music up here and let's talk Saturday night's game in Arrowhead where, uh, in case you missed the beginning of the show, it's going to be like a, a minus 25 with the wind chill. Like literally like minus 25 degrees with the wind chill on Saturday night. Kansas City, a four and a half point favorite, Ken, against Miami. So this what went down like, or went up like a full point from when we talked about this game on Monday. Total, um, maybe about like 44 right now, but you can give us an update because I know I think that's been on the move during the show today. We think that Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert are going to play for Miami, both practice in a limited fashion today. We know that Xavier Howard is out 
for the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, saying that today. So Miami's number two corner will not play in this game against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs obviously sat a bunch of key players last week while the Dolphins lost like a division championship game at home on Sunday night to the Buffalo Bills. So, Ken, uh, where are we at with the total right now? Where do you stand on this game? Like any any difference from when we last uh, convened on Monday? Um, well, I haven't haven't made any bets yet, but maybe I don't know if my opinions changed on the game at all. Uh, we'll do side total first. So, I hate to say like stuff's predictable because it's like well, it's easy to say after the fact, right? Um, like we did the show Monday. It's like, look, there's going to be a lot of interest in Kansas City in this game because of the the spot and the setup and all the unique things about this game as opposed to. When they played earlier in the year in Germany, if they would have played three weeks ago, if they would have played a month from now. Uh, weather, injuries, that Mahomes and Kelsey rested last week and the Dolphins had to play Sunday night in like an all-in game against Buffalo. These are all things that are really advantageous toward Kansas City. So when the market opens, three, three and a half for Kansas City, and then McDaniel starts to announce players out and everyone kind of thinks about the game more and we get more injury information. And to be fair, it hasn't even been all negative. Like most are the model might play in the game. Like that's actually a pretty positive development for Miami. Just, I got the sense that this was going to be the game that like got bet out and bet out and bet out. Not that the Chiefs have to win or that the Dolphins are a great bet or something like that. Just directionally, I think like we all, that makes sense to everybody that the line's moving in that direction and that the total has finally started moving down a little bit because of the weather. So the Chiefs everywhere now are four and a half point favorites. That is the most they've been favored by the entire week. It is more than they were favored by when we talked about the game on Monday. Uh, the total is as low as it's been the entire week. It is now 43 and a half almost everywhere. Any of the 44s on the board are juiced under minus 15, minus 20. So there's been interest in the under and interest in the favorite. And a lot of that is due to weather injuries, kind of all the public obvious things that we know about. Um, so that's what's happened in the market. Do I have a strong opinion on the game? Uh, I mean, I, I sort of agree with how people are thinking about this. Like when I think about the game, it's hard to picture a scenario where Miami's, you know, amazing, <laughs> like gives you a great performance, just if they're going to be really beat up. And like, it's not just that because these teams played ended up being a 21-14 Chiefs victory. The game was obviously in, in Europe a long time ago. Um, and it's not that the Dolphins can't be competitive. It's just, I try to picture like negative 25 degree temperatures and here's like Tua running a timing passing attack with hurt receivers against a really, really good defense. And just like, God, it's really hard to picture that going well. <laughs> like, it's just really tough to picture them having a lot of success. Now, to be fair, if it gets so cold that like nothing functions for anybody and there's turnovers and weird stuff, that's... That's how underdogs win games a lot more. Um, so this is a really, really interesting betting market. It's turning into a more interesting one as the Chiefs keep getting bet. You have talked yourself into Miami, I think, to like a big degree. I don't I don't want to step in and bet Miami right now, um, but maybe just kind of walk me through like when you thought about the game. You've clearly you've landed on something that you feel a little more confident in now. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this first, and then I'll I'll talk to you about why I like Miami in the game. Like, is there like are you waiting for an entry point here on Miami potentially? Do you think you'll get it at any point? Like, like what do you think? How do you think this is going to end up turning out for you? I don't even know if this is a situation where there's like, oh well, like at four and a half I wouldn't bet Miami, but at five and a half I would. I just like I need to figure out how I think they can even hang before I I figure out why I would want to bet them. And in a in a regular season game, maybe I wouldn't do that. But in a playoff game where like the market, like the numbers are so close to correct and there's so much interest and there's so much money being bet into them, I uh, 
I at least have to kind of be able to see it or visualize it before I want to bet it. And I just, I can't right now. And I don't think anybody else can either. And I think that's why it's getting bet out so much. So maybe Miami becomes like a great contrarian bet at some point. I just need to kind of see if I can solve it first to figure out why that would be the case. If we get um, Mostert and Waddle, Ken, are going to play in the game. And like most, Waddle, sure. I think, is a lot more important than Mostert. Like Mostert's a really good player. Jeff Wilson can serve as like 80% of Mostert and A-Chan can play also. Like Waddle's the guy that you really need, like opposite, opposite Tyree Kill. For me, it's like, okay, I want those guys to play for Miami. I feel better about Miami being able to like to move the ball on offense, even in a really cold game. Like Tyreek's gonna get his, especially in a revenge game against his former team going back to Arrowhead. And like, you know, with Waddle, obviously you feel a little better about Miami's offense. I think it's more about the other side for me. And I guess like look, like the case could be made, I guess, with all of Miami's defensive injuries, that it's like the irresistible force against the immovable object. It's like, here's Kansas City's brutal, broken offense, even with the trigger man being maybe the best football player of all time when it's all said and done. Like a bunch of receivers who can't catch and an aging first ballot Hall of Fame tight end who's like seen better days, obviously. But maybe it's like, Ken, right? Miami's defense is just so injury ravaged at this point that it doesn't matter. And Kansas City can still have success as a result. For me, it's just, you know, I Kansas City... Like, in order to, and they can, of course, in order to win your bet, like, you're out there watching and listening, but you want to bet Kansas City four and a half, of course, like, they can cover. Like, you need them to win by, like, six or seven, like, to win this game. And, like, it's just, it, like, represents to me, like, a leap of faith, potentially, in this offense, just, like, snapping the fingers and turning into something that it really hasn't been largely all season. And, again, like, maybe Miami's just so bad and just, like, dead team walking, walking into this game, and maybe that's what it is. Um, I'd be, I'm willing to bet on the contrary here. And I'm not even saying the Dolphins are going to win. I think Kansas City's likely to win like a pretty close game. I just like this number. Uh, I lose on four. Great. Uh, fins up, baby. Uh, just quite kind of why like I like Miami in the game at this point. But like we talked about it on Monday, three and a half. I'm like, okay, this is all right. Four and a half. I I think there could be an easier case to be made for me at least, Ken, on the uh, the underdog Miami Dolphins coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, here's, so here's a. There's a couple things that I think like there's a lot of things that favor Kansas City and they're very obvious and we've gone over a lot of them and they have moved the market out in this game. There are a couple things that that favor Miami a little bit and that maybe are being less discussed because of the very obvious pro Kansas City things that are sort of dominating the conversation about the game, like the injury report. Um, that's pretty obvious. One is just the type of market this is. And you'll see this sometimes where information like information is always going to get bet information is always going to cause games to move that's fine um it's it's more often than not exaggerated when it gets bet uh a superstar player out in the nba or something like that you're going to see a harsh line move toward the other team and no one would ever say that shouldn't happen but it's always like okay but in a one game situation and the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis or the Grizzlies don't have John Morant where they trucked Dallas the other night without him in his first game missing from injury or the Dolphins in this exact situation last year where they have Skylar Thompson starting a quarterback and that just gets bet out and bet out and bet out towards Buffalo closes like 13 and the Dolphins probably should have won the game in a one game. I, my thought on injuries is always in a one game situation. I think they tend to be exaggerated and in a season long situation, they actually might be underrated in terms of how they affect you. Like over the course of an entire year, like, I like the way you put not, that. Gonna, like not to, not to be like about the Grizzlies. Cause it's like, this is just, I watch a lot of NBA, like they're sunk. Marcus smart's going to be out for a ton of time too. He's got a, some kind of significant finger injury. Like they can win their next game or something just like they beat Dallas. They're sunk. 
they cannot make the po- the, the postseason at this point. They probably can't even make the uh, the play-in tournament at the end of the year, unless a lot of the other teams are really bad. But in a one-game situation, so like the Dolphins, for example, their upside statistically is to win the Super Bowl. They put together a good enough regular season statistically by all ways that I measure things. They are good enough to win the Super Bowl as like a statistical team. But that team, kind of like the opposite of Cleveland, that team isn't the one that's playing this postseason. Not even this game, the whole postseason. Guys are out for the year. Guys aren't going to return. That's not what this is. So you have to kind of figure out like, okay, is that is that still their ceiling? Are we all overrating this? Or what is it? The way I would look at it is like, in this one game, maybe they can be a little more competitive than this number that's moved aggressively away from them. In the postseason, I can't bet them to do anything anymore. I can't bet them to win the Super Bowl. I can't win them to win the AFC. I would prefer Buffalo. I don't love Baltimore, but I would prefer them to Miami for sure because of the setup that they're going to get. I'd probably prefer Cleveland. And Cleveland's Me got too. a ton of mystery, mystery around them. So it's just like... In a one-game probably situation, Houston, I do tend right? to think, If Houston wins sure. this game, I probably prefer Houston to make a run than Miami. I don't know if Houston can go to Baltimore and ever win that game. That's the problem. I mean, like, and obviously we'll see who wins the other games to make to figure that out. But you feel like Buffalo so likely to win theirs that it kind of sets up like what you're going to get, which is winner of Houston and Cleveland goes to Baltimore. But we'll see what happens with this game. If Miami can like win, then it would it would maybe uh maybe upend things a little bit. So yeah, like I, I think. The way this market works, kind of like how injury markets work, you might be onto something with Miami. And then the other thing, just real quick, the favors Kansas City, or favors Miami, sorry, that people aren't talking about. I just want to know what the game is that Kansas City has played this year, where people think they're going to truck a team like Miami. And I know Miami's like hurt. Maybe a team like Miami doesn't mean a whole lot anymore because they're so hurt, because they're so injured, um, because the temperature is going to be so cold. I just, like, here are Kansas City's wins, and I'll read them very quickly. You tell me what the game is that's like this. And the only other one is the first meeting between the teams. Jacksonville, Chicago, these are teams Kansas City has beaten this year. Jags, Bears, Jets, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers. That's the first six. Nothing close to what Miami brings to the table. They beat the Dolphins by seven in that game in Munich. That was on November 5th. That was before Kansas City went on their bye. That's the one game you point to, the previous meeting between the teams, which ended up being a one-possession game. Raiders, Patriots, Bengals at the end, Chargers to close when nobody played. I just, you could make a pretty good argument like this would tie their best win of the entire season with the other Miami game. <laughs> just like, I just, you know, like it's Listen, not, they have like, me, buddy. everybody. Right. Join yeah. me, buddy. Let's let, into yeah, the why, breach cause, together. Cause why, would, why do I have to join you right now? Do you think this is going down? Well, how about this? Come, right. come kick off on Saturday night. I would, I want, I need solidarity here. I need, I need my, you better, you bet brother beside me here to roll with the Miami uh, Dolphins here on the road to Kansas city. I'll put it this way. We will not be oppo. Now that the market's moved like this, I can never bet Kansas City. Uh, it's just like maybe Miami, maybe nothing, and we'll see. Let's see how the market moves on this stuff. I think it. I, I don't know if we're done when Mostert and Waddle are confirmed playing. Does that get you a little Miami buyback when that happens, like to four or something like that? It just feels like everyone is kind of there's like an avalanche of not even money. It's like an avalanche of interest and an avalanche of like a one-sided opinion on this game not, i don't want to say it feels like a sure thing to people it just feels very negative for miami and that kind of stuff can be really dangerous when miami is put together the season that they put together i'll say this about waddle and then we can we can move on at least start the steelers bills game and we'll carry that over into the final segment of the hour next year so waddle has a high ankle sprain obviously 
it would not surprise me if we get to like 90 minutes before kickoff and he's not active in the game. And it's like almost to Ken's point, if you like Miami, what happens if that happens? Like, what again, like you could be like a freaking moron and still know like Jalen Waddle not playing people. Like, what do you like? Like probably Kansas City a little bit more. I would still like Miami at the point spread that we're at now. Just like something to consider. Just my opinion on as to how like this injury might play out here Is this for, uh, for Jalen Waddle. Is this game? I we I just like a ten second comment. We can do start the Steelers game. Is uh, is this a situation where if they miss, the number will obviously go up. They being Mostert and Waddle or Waddle and, and whatever one of them. But if they play, is there so much interest in Kansas City like anchoring this that it it like doesn't even go back down? It's like they're playing and it's like cool whatever four and a half. They're out. Oh okay six. I I think. <laughs> My my, I think it's a it really like kind of a great question. My yeah. thought is the point spread never closes below four and a half as long as like things remain static on the Kansas City side. It just feels like there's so much interest in Kansas City, and like it's justifiable and it's not incorrect. It's just like okay, then but then what's the right number in just what they're not playing twenty times? What's the right number in one game? And uh, I don't know. I, I see why you think Miami is valuable. It's interesting. I think it might be the best bet of the year. I would definitely not go that far, but I totally understand why you think that. It's definitely uh, it's the most interesting you, market by far. It's the only one that's moving a lot. The uh, the problem with saying it's the best bet of the year, honestly, is that it probably isn't even the best bet of the day. That would be Joe Flacco and the Browns to, uh, to win by at least three against <laughs> the Texans in Houston. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm like way in on a bunch of these games this weekend. Can't wait. Uh, on the other side, We'll try, we'll try not to spend one segment per game. We'll talk about the Bills and the Steelers, and that conversation will obviously be anchored in the weather, which sucks, but it is what it is. Deal with it. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Josh Allen and the Jason Baby Penguins coming up on Sunday in western New York. Weather's going to be insane. A winter wonderland, perhaps, in snowy Buffalo and windy Buffalo <laughs> on Sunday. It's amazing. We'll get to the game I in just, just a second. Here, Jake, leave, leave the music up while I do the merchandise read here because it's really good. Uh, we'll get to the game in a second. We want everybody to check out, even though the holiday season has passed. Look, Valentine's Day right around the corner, and you know what your partner stay wants? Warm. You got some layers. Indeed. Want you want some You Better You Bet merchandise. You can get those You Better You Bet pieces of merchandise at YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All our designs, Prop King, Don't Be a Slap, Choose Your Capper, uh, YBYB After Dark, Eight Buckets Bucket Hat, all of the designs on long sleeves, hoodies, hats, and more. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That website again, YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right, we, we have like a lot to still do on the show. We want to get into like next coach markets as a result of all the coaching movements in the last 48 hours since we've been on the air. We got to touch on Joel Embiid, likely to miss tomorrow night's game and what that means for NBA Most Valuable Player. And of course, we got to give you our bets for tonight and still have four games to hit for Super Wild Card Weekend. So this is like, I got to manage the clock here a little better. Uh, Ken, let's go to the Bills and the Steelers on Sunday at one o'clock Eastern. Jake, bring the music back up, please. Buffalo, a 10-point favorite. Total 35 and a half. And Ken, obviously, like the conversation completely anchored around the weather in this game, which looks to have extreme wind, um, snow potentially as well. Is there like kind of, is it, is it the same conversation we had on Monday? Like have to wait? Like what, what do you think here, Bills and Steelers? Well, in the first two games, we had side and total movement to update a lot of it. In these next four, there's really only one game where it feels like something has changed in terms of the market. This was 10 and 35 and a half, 36 Monday. 
like cat was out of the bag completely on the weather and we just have to wait to see what happens i mean i guess you could argue like weather forecast improves slightly contrarian over um you could argue when we get to sunday and people see the forecasts it's actually going to drop much more than this you could argue that no tj watt against the bills rushing attack offensive line allen james cook and you know like can pittsburgh have some success the same way can they go over without passing that much? Like, can that actually happen in the game? Or uh, is Mason Rudolph going to turn it over five times all return for touchdowns? I don't know. Uh, it's still 10 and 35 and a half. This does not make me want to bet anything. Uh, all the people that were like first on the weather under are, are probably in pretty good here, but we just kind of still have to wait and see what this is going to be or if the game's going to take place in Buffalo. Uh, we'll talk about this game with guests. We'll do a little bit more on it tomorrow. Obviously, we'll do like picks on Friday. Then we have the Saturday and Sunday shows, but like candidly, like, this is going to be a Sunday conversation. Like, we kind of need Probably. to know what the weather is going to be, right? That It just yeah. is what it is. Um, I will just reiterate what I said on Monday, which is, if we get to Sunday and the weather is brutal and the wind's crazy and the market looks like this, I'm going to bet the Steelers because it's going to be a fake football game and I will get a team, like, catching, like, a lot of points. With a smart head coach and a team that I think is going to be able to run the ball. And by the way, you want to mitigate the loss of TJ Watt? Like, create a fake football game. Like, where Buffalo can't throw Or having Mason Rudolph? Like, or Mason Rudolph might be point. as valuable as Josh Allen as a passer in this game. In that they're both rating zero as a passer in this game. And Allen running the ball is obviously way better. But, like, even just to mitigate that aspect of it, call it a wash because no one can throw? That's big advantage, Steelers, if that's the case. Just the problem is, like, I, Buffalo can still run the ball really well. Buffalo's defense, if Watt is out, is better. Um, if Watt was playing, it would actually be a fun conversation because Buffalo's defense has been playing better recently. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, what what makes crazy things happen and underdogs win? Uh, stuff like what's going to happen at 1 o'clock Eastern time that t tends to sometimes create some crazy results. So we'll see. Um, uh, don't really feel particularly inclined to bet the game right now. How bad or good will the, like, let's say the Steelers win and, and the weather's crazy, will the Rudolph, like, outdoors in the snow jokes be? Oh, yeah. If we get there to Sunday. Oh, baby. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of Twitter comedians have, like, I've lined, I've li got their jokes the lined defenders. up. All of defenders used to laugh and call <laughs> him names. That's <laughs> awesome. man. The Twitter, the Twitter comedians all yeah. sending the same joke, just just trying to get that, desperately trying they to get that cloud. They never let Mason Rudolph <laughs> Start any playoff games. Yeah. Well, unless Kenny Pickett was the QB1. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> then one December 1st, Kenny Pickett broke his foot. Uh, amazing. Okay, that's the Bills and the Steelers. So it'll be a Sunday conversation. Uh, but let's have a Thursday conversation now. Nick and Ken here, you better, you bet. By the way, final segment for the day on Stadium. If you want to watch the show, the final hour, which you should, twitch.tv backslash betql. Uh, Cowboys and the Packers, hashtag rivalry renewed. And Ken, there's been, like, not just betting movement since Monday on this game. There's, like, betting movement today. I saw an eight earlier. I was doing uh, radio in New York earlier today on WFAM. The number was eight. Um, we're at seven minus, like, a flat seven right now, minus 110 for Dallas. So that's the point spread right now. Total is 50 and a half. Uh, Stefan Gilmore didn't practice yesterday. It, I, it feels like everyone except AJ Dillon might play for Green Bay. We'll obviously wait and we'll see more on, on the Friday injury report both for both of these teams. But Ken, um, maybe some optimism here in the Green Bay Packers in this game. Now, on the show on Monday, you really like the over. And we've had a couple guests on the show today that kind of echo that sentiment. Where are you at now um, on the total and 
Do you think you, you might bet a side on Sunday with Dallas and Green Bay? Uh, I, I do still like the over a little bit in the game and the, the root of it has to be right. Like what, what is a reasonable kind of projection for Dallas to score against Green Bay's defense, which like, sorry. And like, I didn't even know the Jair Alexander thing until Pizzola brought it up earlier. Just, I, I don't know how you look at the Packers defense and even go like, this is average. And they're playing like when the Cowboys play at home, they're probably tied for the best offense in the league for when the Niners play at home. And both of those in terms of like unit at a specific location, San Francisco offense at home, Dallas offense at home. Those would be your first two picks. And uh, so it's, you know, below average defense with first time playoff starter on road against that. And yeah, like there's a lot of reasons that Green Bay can be competitive. Sure. Like maybe Mike McCarthy does do some crazy stuff like a crazy conservative in terms of his decision-making also, like, what's Matt LaFleur doing in this game? And, like, why would you tie yourself to his playoff performances in terms of decision-making, in terms of conservative decision-making? It's actually the only thing that makes me nervous about the over is in, like, two to three big situations in this game are both coaches going to be like, ah, not so sure. Not so sure we're going to go for it at midfield on fourth and one. Not so sure we're going to be aggressive. Maybe we settle for field goals. It's actually, maybe it's it ends up, like the way I, I honestly think the way I lose if I do on the bet is it's a game that has a billion yards, but just not that many points. And uh, and maybe maybe that's how it falls apart. Um, so yeah, Cowboys are seven. I, I don't really understand why Green Bay got bet and I don't like them in the game. Uh, I would only bet Dallas at this number. I may, I'm not sure yet. I do like the over. Uh, it feels like a game I think the Cowboys are extremely likely to win. Again, like we did this with the Chiefs. I would just like someone to go through like the Packers track record and be like in a big spot with LaFleur and Jordan Love on the road. Like what makes you think this is really competitive? You can be anti-Dallas and that's fine. And you have plenty of evidence for that position. I don't know why you would be anti-Dallas in this game. That's my problem. <laughs> like you like pick a pick a when they play San Francisco for the third straight year on the road in the NFC Championship, and you want to fade them because they always lose that game. I can't make a counter argument to that. San Francisco's better, but like these kind of games, like I, I don't mind playing Dallas in this kind of a setup. So maybe play Dallas. I do still like the updated injury stuff in this game. Uh, Stephon Gilmore limited practice today on Thursday. Jonathan Hankins, another limited practice. Tyler Smith, another limited practice. So look, looking like Dallas is going to be like, might be like right. good to go here in this game for the Packers. Just like some context on the Jair Alexander situation that Rob brought up. Um, Matt LaFleur called it quote, a freak deal. Be the name of my fantasy football team next year, the freak deal on, uh, on Wednesday, apparently got stepped on his ankle, got stepped on and rolled. They're calling him day to day. They held him out of practice today. Like we'll, we'll know a lot. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, obviously this will be a lot more serious. If he's back at practice tomorrow, he'll obviously play in the game on Sunday. Basically everyone else practicing on offense for the Packers minus AJ Dillon. So I think you'll probably see Watson, although like who the hell knows and the like Reed and Wicks, et cetera, Aaron, Aaron Jones, maybe no, maybe no AJ Dillon. So, you know, I guess, like, the Cowboys part of this, and, like, to be clear, I like Dallas at 7. I bet them on Sunday night at 7 because I felt like the number would go away. Now it's back. Uh, I do like Dallas in the game. I guess my fear is, and we'll see, like, maybe, like, Mike McCarthy is going to come out guns blazing, man. He's going to say, you know what? If I'm going out, uh, I did it my way. Like, I want to be clear here. This is not hyperbole. I legitimately think I'll call my shot here, and I don't even think it's like this, like uh, that crazy of a take. If the the Cowboys lose this game, Bill Belichick is the coach of the Cowboys by this time next week. 
That's that's my prediction. Now, I think the Cowboys will win, and we won't have this conversation. But I, I have to think that McCarthy knows this. Jerry Jones, Ken, goes on the, uh, the Odyssey station in Dallas every week, and they asked him about McCarthy. And he kind of, like, showered McCarthy with praise. We've won 12 games three years in a row. He's done an amazing job. But what's lost in all of this is that he refuses to ever say that McCarthy's coming back next year for sure. Uh, so, just, just, just saying... Maybe McCarthy's a little tight, and the decision-making reflects that. You talked about that. It may be like a reason why the game might go under the total. Uh, maybe gives me a little pause here, but not enough to not lay Dallas Ken at this number. So I'll be on the Cowboys laying the seven. You like the over in the game, and uh, we can talk more about this game coming up tomorrow. Let me at least introduce, unless you have anything else on the Cowboys-Packers game, no, I can no, at least good. introduce the Sunday night game. We'll start yep. the power hour with it. Uh, Lions and the Rams. I can't wait to watch this game. going to be awesome. Detroit. In, in between a three and a three and a half point home favorite, three minus 15 at BetMGM. The total here is 51 and a half. One good piece of injury news here for Detroit. Sam Laporta addressing reporters today by his locker saying that he is optimistic that he'll play in the game. Now, doesn't mean he's going to, but he's saying that he's optimistic he'll play. So like when we did the show on Monday, it looked like very little chance. Now at least it seems to be like maybe less than 50%, but like a semi-reasonable outcome is that Laporta goes in this game for Jared Goff and this Lions offense against their old friend Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Uh, both of us liked the Rams on Monday. Do you still share that position, Ken, that you like the LA Rams on Sunday night? Yeah, even at three. I bet some three and a half in the last couple of days. But like that's not like, hey, I have this number and you don't. Like I, I would bet three if it's game time and this is the market. I, I don't think there's a big difference between the teams. I don't think Detroit's home field overcomes, you know, that lack of difference between them. Uh, the Rams are specifically good at things that the Lions are absolutely atrocious at. You could argue vice versa, like Rob made a good argument about Goff against what the Rams do defensively. The problem there is familiarity. I mean, it's literally like McVay against the guy that he took to the Super Bowl. Like, I just, the idea that they're not going to have a bunch of stuff cooked up here is kind of like naive, honestly. Uh, and not that the same can't be true the other way, just Stafford in this passing attack against, again, the worst pass defense in the entire playoffs by far. I don't think that means Lions by margin a lot. So maybe they win, but I like the three and three and a half. Better coach, Rams. Better quarterback, Rams. Give me the Rams. If you're watching on stadium, twitch.tv backslash betql for the final hour or power hour featuring, among other things, all our bets for tonight.